Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Priest of Copper Beach Financial Group. John, what's going on today? Oh, just all good stuff, Eric. A lot of fun, drank some wine, cooked steaks on the grill. It was awesome. That is fantastic. Michael, did he behave himself? Uh, he did for the most part, yes. Okay. He, he made us dinner, so that that counts. Exactly. Oh. See, that, that's exactly what? what I was just going to say. Who cooked? Dad cooked. That's, yep. well, you know, so did I. So, I mean, that's 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 our job, I think. But my dad was there, so I actually <laughs> cooked for him. But that was at my house, so I guess that's really the reason yeah. I cooked. But, yeah, it was good. I'm glad you, know, you I like to cook, time. Eric. You know oh, I, I like know. to cook. So I know you do. And I, I've heard amazing stories about your cooking so i'm sure the family appreciated that a lot i'm a legend of my own mind (laughs) (laughs) now to transition to what you're talking about did anybody write down the recipe of how you were cooking things or did they film you yeah why why could you say we we tried it 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 didn't work out as well it was a it was a good first attempt but i think we're going to need well why why did it work out we had four grandkids screaming and yelling in the background (laughs) cameras weren't working Oh, it was, it was, a, I said, Mike, I think we have to do this on another day. Yeah. 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 You, you well, buy all this somewhat expensive equipment and then you realize at the end of the day that your iPhone is probably just the best, <laughs> the best camera to use. <laughs> yeah. And most convenience right there in yep. your pocket. So that's part of what you guys are talking about today. And so I'm so excited. That's why I kind of let in with that. You've talked about memorializing um, yes. first generation stuff with letters and, you know, the, the, a lot of the stuff that you've talked about before. And today you're kind of you want to talk about video and, and john before we hit the record button you said it's kind of all inclusive it's all together so kind of describe yeah. that for me and tell me what we're talking about today yeah and when you talk about legacy in general it's it's how do you put things in place for long term i mean how, how do you set things in motion where g1 g2 g3 are kind of integrated on all the wealth the data the family structures it's all put together and what drives that is, and we talked about this in a couple of podcasts a while a while ago, sometimes you create a mission statement for the family, and that's usually presented to business owners, to their organizations. But we kind of create a mission statement for the family, or a, how else would you put that, Michael? A, a family constitution. Family constitution yep. A lot of different terms for it. That's usually a step we look at initially. And then as we develop the estate plan, the next step is, Along with your documents, you create a legacy letter. We had a whole podcast on that, which was very well received. It's a very, very interesting and a loving way to teach either trustees or your family members uh, how you're thinking while you're here on earth, smiling and loving everybody. Uh, now, the third piece of that, and we've been involved in this on a couple fronts, where instead of doing letters, things in writing, we do videos. Well, that's that's today's world. God knows the technology is going to be... <laughs> 10 years from now, but we actually now are getting involved with having the matriarch or patriarch sit down with us. We have a videographer we bring along with us, and we have a list of questions that we ask, and we develop a history of that, of the success of that G1 generation. And we take it back to when they first met, uh, and the questions are, are varied, but it's 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 back to when they first met, how did they create their company? What was the stumbling blocks they had? What was the stress they had? What was their success stories along the way? And the reason why you do that is because 
if you think about G3, they're not going to really know G1 or remember G1 a lot. So what we try to build is a memory of the people that started all of it, that that, that pinnacle start, that G1, like me, Michael, that G1 mm-hmm. leader that created, that started to create the success of the family. Uh, we want to make sure that that legacy stayed uh, real. So if you think about not knowing someone, if you had, if you could watch a video or hear their voice, hear, hear how they approached the, their life, it, you get related to that. And it's a real deep thing to see. Matter of fact, sometimes it brings tears to your eyes when you see what these families do. But that, 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 that's the all inclusive comment that I made. We try to do all the above as a piece of the pie to make it all work. Yeah. I think this is just something to, to think about as a family. And, and we've talked a lot about the shirt sleeves proverb in, in terms of this this proverb that has really been, I guess, generated over, I don't know, hundreds of years across multiple cultures in terms of this concept of wealth being created and lost in the span of three generations. And one of the key areas that experts believe is what the cause of that is because values shift as the generations go on. And, and the further away you are from the creation of the wealth, the harder it is for you to understand where it all came from and what values went into it. And some of the mm-hmm. things that the stories really that that the first generation can can tell to kind of explain all this. And that and that's really where you know we what we wanted to talk about today because we just think it's a really important component to avoid this shirt sleeves proverb. And like we were talking about with with our story in terms of us filming my father's cooking recipes, it's a lot easier to do that today than it was even 10 or 20 years ago. Sure. So that I think is just something maybe for listeners to consider. And we help curate that for a great many of our families as well. I remember my my grandfather gave us our first video camera and it was it had to be hooked into the VCR to record because it was right. literally just the camera, right? And so it was stationary. You had to have lighting. You had, I mean, there was so many things, so many barriers to even capture family moments. And then even before that, uh, you know, I know that my parents still have a couple, I think eight millimeter rolls, right. That didn't have sound. And so today, right in your pocket, Michael, like we were talking about, get the cell phone sitting right there. You can just pull that out and capture these family moments. But unless you're intentional, like you guys are talking about really sitting down and asking those specific questions, the things that you guys are going to cover today, I'm sure um, you lose that. You lose those moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just having that, not even, you know, we're talking about it perhaps in the context of, you know, family financial wealth, but just even having that video just for non-financial reasons is, I think, just a really, really great thing. And it just so happens that, you know, it also has maybe some financial benefits generationally as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's really important, I think. Yeah. If, if you go back to my, I'll, I'll give you my, my life story in a, about a 30 second, but it helps you build, I, I guess, who you are today. If I go back 50 years ago when I started to work for a living, maybe it was a little earlier than that, but you kind of, how did I grow into this field? How did I develop? A, a relationship to what I do as a practice or as a practitioner, or why did I go in this direction? What drove me there? And if you go back to what things I learned when I was younger, I sold Amway when I was 12 years old, door to door. Now, my friends thought I was crazy, 
but I saw I, I saw a, will, a need to make money. I wanted to make my own money. I was driven for that because I wanted to be successful, even at an early age. I think I was 12, maybe even younger. And from there, I worked in the restaurant business. I was a busboy, then I was a waiter, and I became a flambéing captain, a maitre d', and I ran, I ran a restaurant floor before I was 21 years old. But that was interesting because I learned how to deal with people in that time frame. I don't know if you ever worked in restaurant business, but you deal with all kinds. Oh, yeah. So if you could deal with the people at the bar that drank too much, the people that were complaining about their, their dinner wasn't right or they didn't get the right reservation correct, and just the human nature of running a restaurant of all different type of people, you get a, you develop a skill set and you don't even know you're developing it. So early on in my life, I developed a a relationship with people in a very likable way. I like dealing with people. I got bumps along the way, but I like dealing with it. So if you, if you, if you skip ahead, when I worked in the business side of the world there after I graduated college, I did jobs. I was working with people and I, I, I drifted towards this profession because not only did I, am I working with people, I care about their successes in their life. And that's what drives financial planning. If you think of it logically. So I fell into this because I think I developed the skill set unbeknownst to me that this is where I wanted to end up in my life. So that's just my story. And no one now that's on vid that's on that on tape now. Someone someone heard my story. But unless you get those stories from your clients, you lose some things along the way. Would you agree? I think you I think you do. Yeah. Michael, did you have an opportunity to work when you were younger? I did, but I didn't start when I was twelve. That's the interesting, you know, thing is I'm I'm listening to this this conversation here is I I didn't have to work when I, I guess I could have worked when I was 12, but I didn't, but that's, you know, th- you can already start to see the difference. Immigrants to wealth. That's, right. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's yeah. that story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the the difference in the value shift, if you will, between where, where my father grew up and, and how I grew up, which was very different than he grew up and my children will grow up differently than I did in a great many ways. And that's the reason why we think this is really important to do is because you're the gen three, the grandkids, no matter how hard they try, they can't, they they just don't know exactly what Gen 1 had to go through. And of course, none of this is perfect, but we hope that this is a way for Gen 3 and Gen 4, you know, to remember things about their grandparents or great-grandparents because it's really hard to transfer and those stories and, and you know, what went into creating all this. And it's just, I, I you know, again, we think it's just something to consider for families. Yeah, unless you take a creative approach a lot of those opportunities are lost. I, I started okay. working when I was 12 because I was able to do a paper route. And I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last 10 to 15 years, they don't usually let kids do paper routes anymore. And in a lot of cases, there are no more papers, right? right? So the opportunities to work when you're younger because of new labor laws, I used to go pick berries. Also in Washington state, we had berry picking. My wife picked hatch green chili peppers down in new mexico mm-hmm. for when you're younger you could do that a lot of places you can't do that anymore and so i think that having that fundamental shift of understanding what g1 went through you can kind of morph that once you understand it maybe there's volunteer opportunities that these younger folks need to take advantage of to learn those things john like you said but learning to deal with people uh, you know, on a personal level in all sorts of dis- different situations, because if those opportunities aren't there for working, then there's got to be a way to fulfill that need, you know, by listening to these stories and understanding it. Yeah, we have a we have a case we're working on now. That's why we want to do this podcast today, where we had a conversation with the client, what, last Friday, Michael, with the family was yeah. there. And 
they did something with mom and dad was a couple years ago they did a a 50th anniversary i think it was yes it was a wedding anniversary wedding anniversary where they had pictures and they did a history on on mom and dad but it, it was pictures and they didn't get a chance to talk so when we met with the family, I said to the daughter, I said, I like to do this with your mom and dad. We're all, her eyes lit up. I said, we just did that this way. But what a great idea to get mom and dad to do that because mm-hmm. it's their words. They're saying the words. They're sharing their stories. So we met with them on Friday. Well, 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 mom and dad were thrilled by it. I don't know if dad was still his mom, but I think, but I think <laughs> they're both on the same page and they're excited about doing it. So we're going to bring in a videographer to sit with us. It's probably going to take two, three hours, but Michael and I are going to put a list of questions together or use the ones we currently have and just spend time counseling him and coaching him through that conversation. It's easier for us to do it than the family members because they get too emotionally involved. We didn't get very specific on like when they, from from 10 to 20, what was your world like? And from 20 to 30. So we'll do it in segments to get make sure we get all the content that we need to get the video to, to make it right. But the whole conversation is going to be, how do you get that value shift to G3? Or to recognize from G3 to what G1 was all about, so there's respect along the way. Uh, in, the, in the scheme of things, is that going to change their lives? I don't know. I think it's going to make it better from a certain aspect, but you can't predict you know, 40, 50 years from now. You just try to, try to do the best job you can to protect it. Yeah. That's all yeah. you can do. So yeah, what questions are you asking? Well, the, I I think there uh, there's a there's a ton, but I think yeah, where you know we we typically like to start off and and from an early life sort you know where were you born, uh, what was your life like, what were your parents like, because um, that really I think sets the stage for ultimately getting to the point where we start talking about and asking questions about you know how they started the business and why they started the business and. Uh, again, what was it like working in at that time and what struggles did the business owner have to go through to get to where they are now? So it is, you know, it's a story. It's it's kind of a, in a way, it's sort of a video memoir effectively is kind of, I think, how you would want to maybe an- analogize it. But um, those are the types of questions. I mean, you know, when did you get married and th- those sorts of things. I mean, love letters did you write your wife? Yeah. Oh, we get into it sometimes. It's really, it's this, we, we have fun with it. It's not serious. It's 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 a casual conversation. Uh, I, I shared the story on, on, a, on a podcast a while back, but I had a client in Utah. He was a cowboy, and Jake was ninety two at the time. And we sat around the table, and he said, "Okay, John, I, I see where all my money's going. You tell me how I get my values and that trust. How do I get my great grandkids to know who I was and who created this wealth for them, and they're getting benefited from? I want to make sure they they watch this video." I don't even know what technology is going to be at that time, but they're going to see me and the rules of the row is going to be they can't get a distribution from that trust until they watch that video, which I thought was was a very, very neat way to approach it. Now, to make a long story short, he hired a studio out of Hollywood. They did a 30-minute video. You cry your eyes out if you, if you watch it. But it, it worked very, very well. But that's what drove the success of that that family going forward. They all had this this relationship with that video that everyone – want to watch it they want to watch it all the time it was it's kind of interesting but it was it was fun it was fun to watch that being developed yeah i think the, the, the way another way to think about this too is it's really merging you know what we do on the financial side with the softer non-financial elements of wealth transfer like we're talking about and 
you, you know, we we do a lot, we all do a lot with planning for our finances, right? We might do estate planning, we might do financial planning. Uh, but who's really planning for the family memories? I mean, that's really what what this is. And you know, things happen in life, of course. Um, could be, you know, you pass away prematurely, could also be a competency thing. You get to a certain age where you know, you might not have the capacity to remember some of these stories and they go away. And so maybe this is a call to action that in addition to obviously doing your financial planning and estate planning and holistic generational planning, which is vital on the on the quantitative side to maybe look at some of these other areas because they're just as important, if not more important at the end of the day. So, you know, that's, again, kind of how we look at this type of issue. We this with my aunt Ray, who is 91 we videotaped her the reason why we did it with her if you remember back from the first podcast eric i lost all three of my parents before i was 30 i lost my real dad when i was five and my mom and my stepdad before i was 18 so so excuse me before i was 30 so when you look at that there was no matriarch or patriarch i could go to because my family was very small but my aunt ray knew everybody she was she was a widow in new york she lived in a brownstone in new york what a hoot she was. I can't wait. We had a videotape. What, what do you want to know? And she started pushing back. She was, this is going to be great. So we're in the middle of the, the, uh, the video. I said, well, tell me about Aunt Regina. Oh, she was a real bitch. Excuse, excuse my friend. I have to show you. Video. We kind of, Ray, you can't say it on the video. We got to edit that because we don't want people to hear that. It was so funny. Oh, I apologize. But, but that was true. She was tough to deal with, but you get these, it, these family stories. It's fascinating. And we calmed her down and she did a magnificent job telling things, saying things or educating us on things that I never knew about on my, my mom's side, my dad's side. Yeah. And even, even, Beyond them, it was it was just a great thing to go through. So I learned a lot about my family history that I would never ever learned about from anybody because everybody was gone. So the whole story behind this this video and these legacy letters, vicious statements to start it off, it's really a nice touch when you look at finalizing your estate plan. Yep, yeah, I think. And one of the favorite questions, and you you ask this a lot more than I do, Dad, to families is, "What do you remember about your great great grandparents?" And oftentimes it's I. I didn't meet them or I don't really know much about them. You know, those are the sorts of, when you talk about legacy, you know, this is another way to help capture that. And another thing that I was just thinking of that I've, as you were talking that I was thinking, you know, early on in my career, probably 12, 15, some odd years ago, we would have these conversations with the gen one family members. And it was always, you know, we, there's a couple times, not always, but quite a few times where the first generation family member was very nervous with the whole concept. They didn't maybe feel as comfortable being on camera or uh, they didn't really want to be interviewed as much. And I've noticed over the years, I don't know if it's because, you know, post pandemic, now everybody's more used to being on camera and Zoom. I don't see as many of those objections anymore. I I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know if that is just coincidence, but um, I was just thinking of that when you were talking. So Eric, what do you remember about your great, great grandfather? Never mind him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's, and the, the thing is, is that my, my grandfather sent a second video camera. He was like, maybe this is where I get it from. I, you know, I'm, I'm a geek for the, the technology stuff, but he sent us a video camera uh, that, you know, you put the big old VHS tape in and it could actually record on, on site, but he didn't record himself. He didn't do anything, you know, for, so I have no video of him. You know, I met him a few different times and got to spend some time with him and, and that's great, but I have a video 
from that camera that he sent us of my dad, me interviewing him, which he had just gotten off of work. He was completely annoyed reading a paper, trying to ignore me. So it's fantastic. But it's funny because at that time I was, I was trying to video everything I could, but I, I still don't have that from my grandfather and my grandmother passed when I was very, very little. And on the other side, my dad's parents both passed when I was little, my grandfather before I was even born. So there is no historical. My mom has a diary, which is great because it talks about, it's not my mom's diary. It's her great aunt's diary. So it does talk about some of the family, but the names I don't know, right? Because I don't have any of those connections. I don't know that I can't hear those words in their voice. And obviously there's no video, but you lose a lot, right? It's, it's nice to have that treasured item, but at the same time, to me, that's just like reading an old book. It's not something that pertains to me because it doesn't, yeah. You know, I'm not connected to it. Like this mm-hmm. could be no, no matter how it's formatted. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the, I guess a blessing of technology where we live today is that, you know, this is a lot easier to do than it was when you were trying to, when you were trying to do it, your yeah. family. And, and so that's, um, yeah, that's great. The other thing you consider too is, is, uh, interviewing multiple generations too. It doesn't just have to be a gen one interview. It could be, right. Gen two, you know, because obviously, if you think about this conceptually about the family story going down the generational line, well, obviously, interviewing and having Gen two's uh, input on what was like growing up with Gen one, maybe starting the business or, or you know, the trials and tribulations of of that whole process and watching it grow, you know, that could be a really interesting perspective too, because again, the maturity or the growing up of each generation is going to be different because you're growing up in different environments and it's really nice to see that uh just that that dichotomy if you will there yeah we, we also i think you you remember eric we do a conference every year for our families yes and we had a, a very good conference this year and what happened was g2 members attended the conference this year mm-hmm. because they're now college age they're older and we decided for next year we're going to have a certain carve out of our meeting that uh on those two days to an afternoon session with g2 without g1 start educating them on the focus from g1 to them as g2 what the trusts are going to be like why trusts how it all works the legacy issues the you know get involved with the legacy letters so we're getting the kids involved early because the earlier you get the kids involved the more they learn and appreciate what g1 has done and you you get and you start seeing the skeleton comes out of the closet. You start seeing some of the things that might not be working with some families, but it's a it's a good process that we think to get G two involved with G one at the same conference. But so they start working together on projects and start working together as a family. So we're doing that education of that. Who were they? Early on, as best we can, maybe someone online, I won't be here, but G3 can be part of those meetings with G2 and possibly G1. So we're, we're building this out to that legacy strategy along the way. I don't think anybody's done that before, so we're working on it, but we get great feedback from our families that they, they think it's a fabulous idea, and they're all for it. Matter of fact, I think Lawrence, she reached out and said eight or nine families said they're, they're all there to bring their kids. Mm-hmm. They think it's a great idea. Now it, it's it's fascinating to see their interest because they really want to know what mom and dad are doing, not negatively, but we want to know because we care. We're cons- we want to make sure we understand it because I'm going to get this responsibility because they they all know that mom and dad are pretty rich, so they want to make sure they understand what that means. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. And if you look at at that piece of it, which I would maybe put in the category of financial literacy and making sure that that is transferred to the next generation, you pair that up with maybe a, a video like we're talking about here today that maybe will transfer the family values to the next generation or future generations. And you marry those two together. And that's you know what we believe is the prescription for a healthy wealth propagation down the generational line because if you remember again that shirt sleeves proverb you know the, one of the main reasons why that uh, occurs and wealth doesn't make it to that fourth generation is because of values weren't transferred and oftentimes it's financial literacy uh, was not transferred or communication between the generations uh, didn't occur we've talked about that a lot and so you know th- this you know you marry those two together my point is and i think that that is a pretty powerful combination yeah, I, I think I, again, this is a personal view that I have. I think in today's very complex, very distant world, everyone's on machines now. There, there's no, there's not a lot of strong, uh, re, you know, relationships between people face to face. It's usually texting or TikTok or whatever it might be. So I think it's because more important as a strategy for people of wealth to, or, they, or anybody. It doesn't have to be a wealth. Put put a history together. To, to get that values or get that family close as they possibly can to share the values as best they can, because I think that's being lost today. That's just my opinion. I'm sure I'll get a lot of hate letters on that, but, but I think that's a concern that we have. It's just, it's different than it was with you. I grew up, Eric. It, it's a lot different. Well, here, here's the thing is that early on, we talked about this um, even off air. And I think we even spoke about it on the podcast is that you can write down everything that you guys do for your families. You can write that all down. You could even create a book if you wanted to. But until somebody hears the voice behind that passion, John, your your passion for what you did and how you built it, Michael, your passion for continuing this legacy and really you know, growing the business the way you did, the, the, the reason you went to college, the reason you became an attorney and then came back to the business, all of that is your guys' history. And that's great, but if it's written down, that's one thing. Okay, that's that's a nice story hearing you guys talk about it is that next level and then for families to be able to see their grandparents or their their parents put this in a video where they can see the passion they can see the the i'm sure you get people tearing up on these videos and and really putting some emotion into this stuff oh it's that's when they're going to be able to connect with it it's it's great to have a letter from family i'm not i'm not discounting that at all but it's just that third level of of emotion and passion that comes through it and they can understand and really see hey this i built this for you right even if i have never met you whether it's the fourth generation and beyond i built this for you knowing that you would be here one day i think that's incredibly powerful yeah you're right about the you're right about the letters and you know it's like talk a lot about um how to email the 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 language to use an email because it's so impersonal and you can misconstrue the the tone of an email right because there's no context there and that's why you know we're starting to see a lot of um asynchronous video communication in terms of answering emails this is the, i think to your point are the same exact thing this is just adding another dimension to it you can see body language you can hear emotion and see and as opposed to just reading words on a page which are great to your point but i think this is even you know just taking it one step further yeah love it love it yeah you know, yeah someone said to me or asked me a question john you're 71 years old how do you maintain your excitement your enthusiasm your passion for what you do at your age 
I said, what does age have to do with it? <laughs> it's nothing to do with it. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? And I kind of gave him a shot. I said, listen, what drives me, and my, and my, you, and you know this, Eric, because you've been with us for a while. What drives me is that I refuse to not fight f- to help my families that we work with do the right things. Yeah. Because it's the right thing to do. Now, if they choose not to take that route, that's going to be their call. But I won't have that guilt because I tried to show them the right way. If not willing to take it, that's their choice. But I will fight as hard as I possibly can with Michael to make sure they do the right things because, because no one else is doing that for them. I, I hate to say they're not. And so we, we understand that. So we drive this, this passion for what we do into our family relationships. And when we left the conference, as an example, every one of the families that left that conference hugs us because we're part mm-hmm. of their family. That's the true value of what we deliver. Now, here's the sad part. Eric, I will not be around to see the things I put in place today and what impact that's going to have for G3. I'm not going to see that. Yeah. You can only hope for the best. That's why I fight for these type of strategies where let's get this legacy right. Let's do the best job we can to make sure that G3 sees what made it all happen. And if you could do that successfully, you just one notch ahead of everybody else. If it doesn't work, you didn't lose anything. So that's what drives us here at Copper Beach. And I don't need to beat, beat you over the head with it. That's what drives it. I get angry when other groups of advisors don't pay attention to that stuff. I get real, I get real, like Michael will tell you, I get angry about it because it's just not the right thing to do for the families. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. It's just, is I get very, very focused on doing the right things all the time. Well, I mean, that's why we, what you just, described is in terms of you not being here is why copper beach is named copper beach i think we've maybe told i think we've told that story before if um from the book uh, family wealth by james hughes which is a you know kind of a seminal work in our field in terms of talking about transferring values not just transferring assets and dollars and and he makes this analogy of the copper beach tree is that it takes th- three four hundred years sometimes to grow the roots fully and to reach this mature tree and you planting that seed of a copper beech tree, you're not going to be here to see it in its in its full glory, so to speak. So now here's a great story. Just two days ago, we were at the Hamptons seeing a new new client, and outside his front door, he's got a huge copper beech tree that's 70 years old. It's <laughs> wow. absolutely gorgeous. See, he so he saw that relationship what Michael just talked about. And now he gets that image of what we try to do with families is it takes a long time to strengthen the roots of that tree. You need the same focus on families and that, and it takes a lot of hard work to do it, but you got to have, I think you have to have motivated G1, G2, and G3 components to make it all work. If G3 drops the ball, it stops there. It, it just doesn't go any further. So we try to prevent that. I know it's hard. It, it, we wish that it goes off for five generations, but that's always hard to kind of pinpoint. But yeah. we, we do, at least we try to do G1, G2, and G3 and, st- and keep that focus. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Any other closing thoughts for, for today's podcast? And I am going to ask, we don't always ask for contact information, but I am going to ask you for this one because there, there's listeners out there that are intrigued now and and understand the passion we're talking about passion earlier that came through on this podcast guys you did a great job Um, but any other closing thoughts before i ask you for that contact info Uh, not from me i I hope this was the hope this was helpful for some listeners out there we we weren't 100 percent sure how this was going to come come out when we were planning uh, to talk about it i hope it i hope it you know we conveyed uh, we we think is the importance of maybe exploring these other options, you know, with your family and and uh, so hopefully that that came through. 
Yeah, appreciate it. And I would ju- I would just say stop. Don't stop driving to create success for your families. And that that it, it it's a lot of work and it's a lot of focus. It's a lot of sometimes a lot of emotional components to that. But don't stop trying to drive that because if you don't, it kind of crumbles uh, out there. Maybe to G G three G four, and it's if that's not your focus, I understand. But that that's what we try to shoot for. I mean, just just keep fighting, fighting the fight, and push your advisors. If you don't yeah. have advisors doing that with you, push them because they have the capability to help you. Just ask them, if, or find an advisor that can help you. That's my that's my like closing thoughts. All right, Michael, let's get some contact information out there. All right. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn. Both my father and I have our own profiles. Copper Beach has its own profile, so you can certainly contact us there. You could reach us on our website, www.cbfgllc.com. You can call us on the phone, 856-988-8300. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, and I thought this was a fantastic podcast. So thank Thank you you for what you do. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for your support, my friend. You bet. And our last thank you always goes to your listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC-registered investment advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.